What up, everybody? It's Cuff of the Vision Lab Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Farmers Insurance, the Robert Garcia Agency. If you're looking for the best insurance and customer service, make sure you pick up the phone and dial 972-645-1844. Whether it's home, life, or business insurance, Robert and his staff are the best at protecting you and your family. Once again, that's Farmers Insurance, the Robert Garcia Agency. Agency. The phone number, 972-645-1844. And the website is farmersagent.com forward slash R Garcia. And don't forget to mention the Vision Lab podcast. Hey, y'all. This is Ryan Rayford with Drew State Cigars, and you're listening to the Vision Lab podcast with Cuff and Mo. Welcome back to the Vision Lab podcast in partnership with Nexum Creative. I'm Ryan Cuffey alongside with my co-host, Mr. Ryan Mosley. The Vision Lab is a platform focused on growth and exploring the developmental path of people's visions and dreams and how those dreams can come into reality. In today's episode, you're going to learn all things about Drew Estate, what it's like to be a territory manager for an international cigar brand, and finally, the trajectory of cigars and the cigar industry. Hey, yo, Mo, who do we have on the show today? Cuff, today's guest is a native of Houston, Texas. He is a graduate of the University of Houston. He is a territory manager for Drew Estate Cigars. Please welcome the one and only Ryan Rayford to the Vision Lab podcast. What's going on, fellas? I appreciate the uh, invite. What up, man? What up? What up, man? Three Ryans in the same room. What could possibly go wrong? Oh, my gosh. Crazy. And all black at that. Man, don't scare him. There aren't so many black Ryans. Right? How was that growing up for you? I mean, since we all have this in common, I mean, how did you uh, feel knowing that you had that name, Ryan? Um, it's often mistaken for Brian. Amen. Amen. Is Ryan not Brian? Please stop calling us Brian. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, it was always that. And then probably by the time I got to high school, there were multiple Ryans that had been in that high school longer than I was. So I went by my last name. So a lot of people call me Rayford. Even some of my closest friends call me by my last name still. So, do y'all know what the name Ryan means? No, I'm interested. Cuff, go ahead. Isn't it? Is it King? There it is. Yeah, it is. Technically, King. Little King, but we'll go with King. Hey, we big kings. At big this king. point in the game, yeah, three kings, you know? three kings. My man, <laughs> make a stick called Three Kings. Hey, big, big, big ups to you, bro. Uh, thank you for bringing these sticks. Let, let the people know our visionaries here what we're actually smoking on tonight. We're smoking a uh, Herrera Esteli blended Norteño. So Pyramid Fino, a.k.a. a Bellicoso, short pyramid. Um, it's uh, got a wrapper from the Jalapa region in Nicaragua. It's a medium, maybe medium plus smoke, uh, but it's one of my go-tos. You know, early day, afternoon, early evening, I'll probably light one of these up. Yeah, this is a, it's really tasty. First time I've had this, and I'm not going to butcher the name, but it is very good. One more time with the name of the stick. Uh, Norteño. Norteño. This is very good. I know you were struggling with that before we turned that microphone yeah. on. Listen, and I was like, man, I hope you don't mess this listen, name up. My, my Spanish, yeah, my Spanish dialect is not there, and I'm not afraid to admit. Although that is something, one of my goals that I want to do, you know, we talk about visions and, and writing things down. Like, I do want to become fluent one day in Spanish. I can help you out with that, brother. I got you. What, are you going to say Taco Bell? No, no. I mean, I got the yeah. Spanish for in college, took a correspondence. Uh, are you work, fluent? Uh, I can speak it fluently. I can't write it for crap anymore. Let's go. Uh, I mean, what do you want to know? You can just say that. I, I can give you. A, I can give you a lesson. Like, I mean, como estas? Yeah, how are you in. doing? Move in. Yeah, very good. Uh, como se llama? Uh, me llama es Ryan. There you go. Yeah, we can. I, I, I got you. I got you. Okay, I'm, I got I'm excited about this. I was like, all right, man, I ain't about to. I ain't gonna make it. 
my last semester of college, I took a correspondent Spanish four class because that no one ever gets to that level. But it was like one of the last credits I needed. Like my last college semester, I had to took nine hours. I wasn't even a full time student. Oh wow! And so went to the registrar. <clears throat> excuse me. Like, what do you need? Any Spanish four? Well, we don't have a class for it. Well, you got to get one because I'm graduating. She's like, well, we do have a correspondence. Uh, okay, cool. Sign me up. Thank you. Sign me up. So basically, just give you a syllabus. You turn your your work or whatever x amount of times on the calendar, and basically at the end of the year you take a final. And that was it. That is lovely. Yeah. That is lovely. So, yeah. so I, I actually took German because it was easy. Really? Yeah, German's super easy. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah. Another conversation for another day. Let's the get to high it. School. Okay. Let's get to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So now that we've uh, talked about that, um, so get, let our visionaries know who you are and, and you know what you do. Um, how you really got involved in, into cigars, all the good stuff. Um, so my name is Ryan Rayford. I'm originally, originally born in New Orleans, uh, raised in Southwest Houston. Um, and I got into cigars, I want to say it was about 2014, 2015. Oh, so you're not like the long, long time smoker. No, I think before that I smoked like on occasion, you know, celebratory graduations, weddings, stuff like that, merit, you know, weddings, stuff like that. So um, it wasn't until 2015, one of my good friends, uh, AJ Costa, he was a rep for Calibri, which was a yeah. uh, accessory manufacturer. And then he went on to the cigar side. And there's a spot in Houston that we go to every Thursday night. Um, called Alley Cat, and some of my friends DJ, um, and they spin all vinyl uh, every Thursday. And he would bring samples for me to smoke. So, you know, I'm more of a, socially, I'm more of a drinker. So he gave me a stick to try out, and I kind of, it became like a weekly thing. Um, and then eventually I got into managing a Casa de Monte Cristo, it used to be a series of cigars. Um, this was 2017, 2018. Um, and then I got my own shop a couple of months later. Uh, on the north side of Houston by JFK, by Bush Airport. Um, so I managed there. I was there for about two years before I got into Drew Estate. How do you make that transition? Like you make sure so you're running your own shop. Does somebody from Drew Estate come into the building one day and say, hey, I like what you're doing? Do you apply for the job online? Like what's that process look well, like? Well, really, a lot of my background is retail management. So I worked for T-Mobile for about 10 years managing retail stores. So I understand sales and managing people and trying to get the best out of them. Um, but managing a cigar shop is a lot less stressful than wireless retail. Cause everyone's already relaxed. Exactly. Um, so it was, it was the right environment. Um, but honestly it was relationships. Uh, so I would invite reps to do events in my store, similar to what a retailer does now, uh, with me. And I just kind of kept in contact with a few guys and, uh, I was looking for, to go outside into the field. Uh, I remember having a phone interview with Arturo Fuente. Uh, I exchanged a few emails with Warp Cigars, um, but Drew Estate had a position open based out of Dallas. I was in Houston. I figured, you know, easy move. Might be time to get, get out the, get out the, uh, the H, you know what I'm saying? And see what the world has to offer. Um, and I, I sent my resume to the national rep, the guy that does, does the events for Drew Estate in the Casa de Monte Cristo's. Uh, and other national accounts like CI um, and kind of kept that dialogue open. And he passed my resume along to the guy that became my boss now. And I killed the interview, apparently. And the rest <laughs> is history. Right? Yeah, that's why I'm here. So there, there it is. What was your first stick? Ooh, my first cigar ever. Two, huh, two part. Your first cigar ever. Your first cigar ever. 
mm-hmm. and your first stick by Drew Estate. Because, I mean, obviously, one of the perks is... As an employee. Yeah, as an employee. Because one of the perks, obviously, you you know all the good stuff now. We get get cigars. Um, My first cigar, I want to say it was a Davidoff, probably a white label. And just because I had heard that that was one of the best cigars out there and the name and the prestige that comes with it. So I I was like, let me just spend $20 on a cigar, I guess, you know, for my first time. Um, And it was from from one of my best friends' wedding. And... um, my first Drew Estate cigar uh, was probably was probably a Her- Herrera Esteli Habano uh, Robusto. I was a big Robusto guy when I first started out, uh, but that, I think that was my first Drew Estate cigar. So, as a um, newbie into the cigar world, what would you recommend someone that's just getting into, you know, having sticks, or maybe even actually considering having their very first stick? Um, I would, I would start somebody off with something mild, um, the short end of the pool. Yeah. And I would ask them if they wanted something infused that they feel like they just didn't want to jump right, right in. Um, so some, somewhere in that wheelhouse, you know, you have, you have acid, you have dead wood, but I think dead wood is, it's more of a medium uh, smoke in my opinion. Um, so I definitely would get them something more classic, you know, Monte Cristo white, uh, underground shade, something like that, to get to get them introduced to it. You know, we've met a couple of times through you know cigar events, um, blowing smoke, yeah. things like that. I'm really impressed with your knowledge. Obviously, you've been you've been doing this for a long time, but I I think it's incredible how much you know about sticks. It's it's part of my personality, man. Once I get into something, I I just go all in. You know, like I I want to know as much as I possibly can because that's kind of your your credibility, you know, when you're walking in these shops, you need to know your product, uh, if not anything else. Um, so it's a big part of the job, I think. So you're a territory manager. What areas do you cover? I cover all of North Texas. Um, that includes West Texas and parts of East Texas, all of Oklahoma, North Louisiana, and mid-Mississippi. Okay, North Louisiana and mid-Mississippi. So I'm assuming at some point throughout your, your travels, you just get on 20 and just go. Yeah. Yeah, when I make that run, I usually drive out to Mississippi first, and I work my way back to Dallas. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, uh, I can I can do that in about a week. Um, yeah, a lot of road time, a lot of st- cigars too. Yeah, a lot of cigars. <laughs> 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 the, probably the number one question is like, how many cigars do you smoke? And I have to tell people it really just depends. You know, I can go, I can go a week without smoking one, or I could probably put eight down in a day. It, it really just depends. Um, now, when you're smoking that much, by that fifth or sixth one, you're not really tasting much. You're just smoking. Mm, yeah, I just smoking sm- to be smoking. Yeah, I probably smoke the most at events just because it's like kind of high social, energy, more social. Um, but to truly enjoy, I'd say two to three a day uh, on average is where I'm at. What does the day in the life of a territory manager look like for Drew Estate? For Drew Estate, man. Um, it's a lot of lot of balls in the air at the same time, man. Uh, I usually get up about six thirty seven. Uh, I probably hit snooze a few times before I really get up. Uh, but most shops don't open till ten. You know, a lot of my scheduling is based around visits, meeting with the the key decision maker, the owner, the manager. Um, talk about business. You know, I have access to all of our 
analytics, sales from past years, trends that I can look into to see, hey, what am I going to suggest? What am I going to bring up? Do we have any promos going? Um, there's always emails to check. Mondays, typically not like a super busy day. I usually do an office day where I just contact people. Tuesdays through Fridays, I'm trying to hit five, six doors a day um, to see people. So then when you start mixing in events, then your, your evenings get tied up. Your Thursday through Saturdays get tied up because people that's when people tend to want to have events. Hardest working man in show business, Cuff. Hey, man. I can see it. He, he posted a ton, too. Dallas, one week somewhere else. That's, that's kind of my schedule. I just alternate. So you're a territory manager for Drew Estate. Like you just said, you know, uh, a normal day, you're you're in somebody's cigar house. By the time they open and you're probably closing one down, right? Right. Um, I'm, I'm assuming, well, not, I shouldn't assume, that's a dangerous word. I'm going to go ahead and, and, and you correct me if I'm wrong. M- working with people is paramount for you, right? I mean, obviously, you got to know your product lines, of course. But when you walk in the building, people, already, uh, people associate you with the brand. So you're really a, a brand ambassador in, in a sense, brand right? Brand ambassador is part of it, definitely. What's the, the, the biggest hurdle, I guess is the word to use? What's the biggest hurdle you, you, you may encounter as you as you work throughout the day um the biggest hurdle will always be time management you know uh knowing when a visit is over and and then knowing when you might need to stay a little bit longer uh to drive some points home um but the biggest thing that i do is relationship management uh you know most people probably have a circle of 10 to 20 people that they're constant contact with considering loved ones, family, friends, stuff like that. Um, I have over a hundred people to be in contact outside of my personal life on a daily basis. So when you think about that, you need to know people's names. You need to know things about them. You really need to invest time to getting to know your retailer. You gotta be personable. Yeah, for sure. And you, you have to know what makes them tick. What are they into? Um, because those are things that may come up down the line you know you may want to take a guy out to go play golf you may want to go on a fishing trip you may want to you know i don't know sponsor tickets to a mavericks game and have it be raffled off at their shop because it's a big sports shop so there's a lot of things you have to pick up on but it's really relationship management at the end of the day how difficult is it to have tough conversations with your your clients um when they when they're not pushing as much product out of their humidor um I mean, it, that's that that's sales. You know, you're going to hear 100 no's to get to that one. Yes. Right. Um, so I, I never let that deter me. But those tough conversations sometimes have to be had, you know, like, hey. And I, I rely on numbers a lot. You know, numbers don't lie. You know, uh, if there's product that's not that's not being being sold at, at a particular house and I can show them like, hey, this is in my top 10 SKUs in the area. The guys five, 10 miles down the road or doing well with it. Why not bring it in? It, it, it kind of puts the honest on them. Cause you, the other thing that, that I benefited from walking into houses is that I ran a shop and that, that was, that came up in conversation. Yeah. It, it was like, so I understand what they're going through. You know, you, you have a million reps trying to push different things. You have inventory to keep tabs on There's stuff that's not moving as fast as other stuff. So you're constant. You have a lot of things on your place. So I understand the position that they're in. So I try to just come from a place of like, I'm just trying to help, you know, um, and, and that tends to smooth most most tough conversations over. Now, are you ever saying, hey, look, Bob, Sue, 
we need to pull this off the shelf. You know, you're not you're not moving this, but oh. the one down the down the you know a mile away is, is moving this product. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's and that they have, most retailers appreciate that because we uh, we can identify slower moving SKUs. I can see when's the last time you ordered something. How long has it been sitting here? And they know too. Most, most shops are up on their inventory where they know. So suggesting like, hey, let's let's blow this out. Let's you know, let's run a promo on this stuff, and then we can get some new SKUs in here that are that are better moving for you. So you're really you're really uh, helping them manage their business too, in a way. Um, it's not just selling. It, it's just like we understand. You know, some cigars. It's funny. Um, there's some some retailers have multiple shops. There's some cigars that move at one shop with their name on it that don't move at another shop with their name on it. It's just it's just different. Every shop is different. You uh, you mentioned the word relationships, uh, you know, a couple of questions ago. And uh, Cuff, you and I would be remiss if we didn't mention one of our uh, most important relationships. And that's the family here at Blowing Smoke, uh, 215 West Kent Wisdom Road. When you walk in the door, make sure you ask to speak to Edwina. Uh, she's got a great humidor. Uh, plenty of Drew Estate products in there, yes, and uh, they'll make sure you're taken care of. Again, it's Blowing Smoke Cigar Lounge here in Duncanville, Texas. Uh, relationships, skewed numbers, right? Mm-hmm. When you're looking at all this, I'm, I'm assuming you're looking at a spreadsheet at some point in your laptop, right? Oh, man, I'm looking at Power BI every day, <laughs> multiple times a day. <laughs> Do you ever get caught in a, in a, in a bind where it's like, this is kind of like my favorite stick. I wish this place had more of these? No. Not at all. No, no, that's that would be a mistake. Um, and then I would also say retailers that carry stuff that they like. That's um, a mistake, too, isn't it? If, if it's if they're just going to carry stuff they like only, I think that I think that could be potentially a mistake. It just depends on your your crowd, your your customer base. If the customer follows the owner and manager and what they suggest goes, then, hey, that, that works for you. Um, but what I've I've found most shops listen to their customers a lot more. I definitely don't care if you carry my favorite stick or not because I understand it may not work at that shop. You know, uh, if it if, if it was up to me, I'd see a wall of Herrera, Salee, and Hoya de Nicaragua everywhere I went. But that's just not the case. So, how many different types of of um, or how many different regions does Drew Estate offer? Um, as far as like sales of product, right? Oh, uh, the world. No, well, I'm what talking about all their all the different sticks that oh, you guys all the offer. Different sticks, um, Nicaragua, Dominican, uh, Connecticut. So of course the U.S. Right. Um, Honduras. Uh, pretty much, pretty much everywhere that anyone else that makes cigars. I mean, we we have our own factories in Nicaragua, but we buy tobacco from other regions and use them in different blends. So before you, before, before we actually turn the mics on, you and I were talking and we were talking about just cigar brands and cigar houses in general. Right. Mm -hmm. And for those out there listening, can you explain the difference between, I think the way you described it to me is Drew Estate is a house with brands underneath it versus a brand, a branded house. Can you explain the difference? Yeah. So some cigar brands are, are branded house or a house of brands. Um, Drew Estate is a, a house of brands. So Drew Estate is the umbrella, but we have so many different lines in, in brands that have their own identity, you know, from Tobacco Special to Acid to Liga Privada to Herrera to Hoya. These are all 
these could all be boutique brands on their own. If yes. It was like a smaller, smaller scale company. So it's all under one roof. I liken it to, to Nike. You know, you got Nike, but you have Air Max, you have Air Force One, you have Jump Air Man. Jordan. You have all of these different brands that are associated to Nike, but they're their own brand, essentially. They have their own identity as opposed to, say, like a Arturo Fuente. Now, Arturo Fuente has different brands, but it's all Fuente. You know, Don Carlos Fuente, Opus X Fuente. It's all the same brand across the board, whereas I've gone into stores and people, I put sticks in their hands and they didn't know that it was Drew Estate or affiliated with Drew Estate at all, you know. So we kind of we do a good job of giving each brand its own identity. What's the benefit for those individual brands to be underneath the Drew Estate umbrella? I, I really think the the foundation which Drew Estate was built upon, the rebirth of cigars. When you think about that statement, our our, our core statement, um, it's really just about cigars thought about in a different way. This is not your old traditional. It's not your grandfather's cigar, you know. Um, so I think. Being able to be so diverse, I think Drew Estate is one of the most diverse companies out there, um, and and they speak to the masses. They don't speak to just one one demographic per se. They they're trying to capture everybody. There's something for everybody at Drew Estate. Y'all want the entire market share. Yeah, we we want it all. Scorched earth. I like it. Yeah. How many different uh, brands are under Drew Estate? Oh man, that's a great question. That's a great Over a hundred. Uh, as far as brand families. I think we're we're in between 20 and 30 different brand families. And of course, there are line extensions and different sizes in each little sub un- umbrella. Um, but you, if you think about that, I just liken it to having a house of 25 boutiques. Right. You know. So let's talk about the stick itself. Yeah. Um, break it down to the novice. Uh, we we want to be educational here. What are, the, what are the different styles, sizes, shapes of, of cigars? Um, so cigars can come in a lot of different sizes. I mean, they're classically known as Vitolas. Uh, you have Lanceros, Lonsdales. Those are kind of smaller ring gauge. Um, you have Toro. Toro and Robusto are probably your more traditional and more notable sizes. Then you can get into Bellicoso, Torpedoes. That's the ones with, with the pointed tip. Um, there's some funky sizes out there. Perfecto is, is the one that starts at a torpedo and ends in a torpedo. Um, I think that's kind of the most, to me, that's the most identifiable size of a cigar and probably the coolest looking one, in my opinion. Um, but then you have a Calibra where you have three cigars woven into one. Uh, so is that the, the swirl one? Yeah. Okay. It's kind of, it's kind of like a braid essentially, and you can smoke all three or you can break them apart and three people can smoke the same cigar. So it's, there's a lot out there. So one of my personal favorites, and Cuff got me on it when we first started this podcast. He kept saying, Mo, I got something for you. You got to try it. You got to try it. It's Fat Bottom Betty. Ooh, or Batunia, ba- as I call her. <laughs> what, what are you calling Batunia. Batunia. You got me on it, right? So when ba- I first started, Batunia is what I call it. Give me a Batunia. Oh, um, and I remember when they came out with the larger size and I, I, the day, the day they came out, I was on the way to Cuff's house. I just stopped at a shop and they just got some in. It's like, Cuff, I got you one of the big ones. Come on, let's that's make it happen. Why, in your opinion, why is, why is Fat Bottom Betty so popular? Um, it's a marketing home run. I think the, the, the way the box looks to the brands, the, the brand label, 
uh, to the names. Yep. It's 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 the names, you know. Um, they really caught fire with that. I would say it was probably sometime last year um, where that that brand family really just became one of my top selling SKUs. Uh, but I think it's the Fat Bottom Betty, the Crazy Alice, the Sweet Jane. It's just it feels like a very good entry point for for a cigar smoker. And it's a great smoke it's if you've been smoking smoke, for right? a long yeah, time as well. Smoke like you know, and I, I know some guys are super traditional and they don't like anything infused or or sweet capped. Um, but for the most part, when I can convince a guy that that's been smoking classic cigars all his life to try a Sweet Jane or Crazy Alice, they might complain, hey, it's a little bit too sweet, but it's a good cigar. You know, it's still good blended cigar, uh, cigar tobacco. Um, so I think there's there's something to be said about something that really appeals to the novice, but an expert level smoker could enjoy if he wanted to try something different. Yeah, I remember last year. Um, he or she, rather. Last year, I remember there was a time about Ju- July-ish. The first one, the first time you gave was me one, July? we were we were at we were in another shop and we were watching the Raptors and the Warriors. And he's like, "Well, I got you." So it was about June. Yeah, June. They were so hard to find. Like every shop was sold out. They're on back order, or we can't get them. I mean, I was right glad. Toro came out. Yeah. yeah, there was a yeah, there was a shortage. There was a back order problem with the Fat Bottom Betty last year, and it was just nuts. It's a good man. problem to have, though, ain't it? Hey, man, that means people smoking it. So that's what you want to happen. Any new so things? They're, they're, they're back in stock. Yeah, they are. And make sure you guys cop one of them I for real. I keep one in my humidor at home. <laughs> for real. Uh, are there any new uh, sticks that are coming down the pipeline that we should know about? Um, there is something we announced. Uh, I want to say last week it started shipping yesterday. Uh, Undercrown Corona Pequena. So it's a 4x44 uh, in the Maduro and the Shade blends. Um, they're 32-count boxes. About five to six dollar stick, um, so I think that's that's an exciting size uh, for Undercrown. Something quicker uh, for people who just want to, you know, 30 to 45 minutes to smoke something. Uh, that's new. Uh, we did recently announce the uh, Liga Provada Year of the Rat, which will be an event only exclusive starting in April for the rest of the year. Um, so that's a big deal. Um, that stick originally was made for the Florida Panthers hockey team. They had a cigar lounge in the stadium. Really? Yeah. And I want to say it was during the Stanley Cup finals. One of their players got a hat trick, scoring three goals in one game. But prior to the game, he killed a rat in the locker room with his hockey stick. So they call it a rat trick. So whenever they scored a, a goal, they would start throwing rat rubber rats onto the to the ice. So this was, I don't know what year this was. It was maybe 14, 15 when we originally made the blend, bringing it back for retail uh, year, you know, 2020, the Chinese year is the year of the rat. Um, so it'll be an exclusive to all DDRP accounts at their events that I believe they can get up to four boxes per event scheduled. So it's going to be something special. Uh, people come out to events. They, people always hound me for Liga. They want, they want something that no one else has. This is going to be their opportunity to be able to get something. Now, I thought I saw, uh, I guess about two months ago, was there a Liga 10? Liga Anniversario, yeah. Okay. So they announced that back in 17 or 18. It was a part of a sweepstakes program that we ran for our retailers. Uh, basically, you get entered into a raffle, and then you're able to buy four boxes if, you're, if your name is pulled. It was that and the H99. 
Uh, currently, those both both those products have been put on hold for later releases uh, as part of the league allocation. But y'all just wetting the appetite. Just tell the truth. Hey, man, Drew Estate. They y'all know like, what you're doing at this point. They like, they it's like a science. Rarity. They like to they yeah. like to play with people. Apparently, so. Uh, but yeah, I've I haven't had the H99. I have had a couple of the Anniversarios. Uh, that that's that cigar is a full course meal. Yeah, I, I saw that. I saw it come out, and I was like, "Man, I got to get to the shop and, and get one of those." But you know, I think it was maybe a week, and then like it was gone. Yeah, year, man. it, was, it like, was it was gone. Every week we would pull. I think between ten and fifteen stores would be pulled to be able to get them, and then as soon as we announced where they would be, gone. People would be calling from all over, offering absurd amounts of money to be able to buy a box or buy one. Um, so it was super rare, and I, I, you kind of want that excitement around a product. Um, but I hope very soon we're able to like really share it with more more people, because of course there's tons of people that want to smoke one. Are there any events coming up that we need to know about? I would say I have a I have a couple of events coming up. One at Tobacco Gallery uh, out in Highland Village. Um, that'll be in late March. Um, and then also I'll be down in Houston for the Texas Cigar Festival, April 18th, I believe. It's a Saturday. It'll be at the Acasa Monte Cristo off of 1960. So definitely come out, make that trip down to H-Town and see your boy. All right. So we've talked about, you know, the events you got coming up later on this month and, and later on in the spring. Cuff and I are both curious, right? Because we feel like we're in another for lack of a better word, a boom, if you will, when it comes to, I don't even call it the cigar industry, but more of like the demographic and and, and more and more people smoking cigars, like the yeah. the culture, the lifestyles. Is it, in your opinion, you actually boots on the ground working for a major big time cigar company. Do you feel like we're headed for another boom as far as the cigar industry just exploding again? I think from a consumer standpoint, yes. If it's If it's done right, I think so. I think I think there's a way to grow the industry without it being growth in brands and new cigars. I think there's going to be growth in new smokers. Even more and more people getting on it. Even more and more people getting into it. Yeah, for sure. What does that mean for you? For me, hopefully it means more traffic in the shops that I serve. Because um, I, I essentially work for the retailers. My A lot of my, all of my work is because of something that they to fill a need that they have uh, or to or to grow their their bottom line. So if we have new smokers getting introduced to it, then that's just more potential customers down the line that are going to get hooked onto their favorite cigar now. And it's going to become a same thing with me. It starts off small. You do it with your friends once you try it out. Then it becomes a social thing. OK, well, maybe I step out once a week and I go have a cigar. Then it becomes, well, I really like this cigar. Let me, how much is a box of this? Because I really like this cigar. And then, then it gets into, well, they got this cigar, they got that cigar. Let me expand my palate. Let me see where I'm at on the palate spectrum to really see, like, how far can I go? Uh, Full body or do I want to go even even more mild? You know, do I want to take a trip somewhere and smoke a Cuban just to say that I've done it? All those experiences will factor into customers' more customers being gravitated towards cigars and hopefully a boom, like you said. Now, is there any data that you guys have access to that would suggest the trajectory is, is moving up and to the right? 
Um, for us, the only numbers we have is just based on our brands. We don't really, it's not an open book as far as uh, to peek into what other brands have done or where they're trending. I know we forecast the, the industry as a whole this year to kind of be kind of maintain what we did last year. Any growth will be appreciated because you have a lot of things looming over us, as you would say, um, with the FDA regulations, uh, with the age limit now on a federal level being 21 as opposed to being 18. Not that you lose a whole lot of smokers in the demographic because you don't almost none. But some shops had, you know, some shops buy in small college towns. They probably had an influx of 18 year old, 19 year old cigar smokers. Because you can't drink, but you can go buy some cigars. Yeah. They probably had they probably lost some customers. So with things like that floating in different cities, passing laws where you can't smoke in public, you can't smoke here, you can't smoke there. Those things are going to be an ongoing fight. Um, so I think that's the only reason why it's like mm, maybe we just try to maintain this year. Maybe we just try to ride this out. But I, I still foresee more and more people getting into it. So the reason why I asked that is because naturally, if you're going to have more um seats in the or butts in the seats and more people smoking cigars and, and sticks and things like that. Do you see more shops opening? That depends on the market and where and what city it's in. Um for DFW, uh DFW has a lot of shops. Um would you say it's saturated or still opportunity in for certain growth? areas, I would say I think it is saturated in certain areas. Um, not all over, though. There's still enough space in between most shops to where everybody can still eat and function. Um, most of the shops were really concerned about CI being in Dallas. And um, and I think whoever was concerned about that, they've kind of weathered that storm, that initial rush. because The newness may have worn off. Still a great place. You know, I think that's an entry point for a lot of new smokers. Because I can drink there, I can hang out there, like, in the long term. And this is just my opinion. You right. Know, I'm not speaking for anyone else except for myself. I think that, in the long term, may benefit your traditional specialty retail shops, independently owned shops. Because it's their entry point. It's their entry point, And then they're going to go back home. Because it's not close anywhere unless you live out there. So they're going to go back home. And hopefully, the, my thought is that they're going to find a shop closer to them. They're going to have a couple of sticks that they've tried and they're going to try to find those sticks somewhere closer to them if they get into it. So, so you mentioned CI and CI for me and, and my knowledge was, was really more so known, uh, online, it had a huge online, online presence. presence, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, and then they obviously, they that, that's another thing that, that is in limbo online sales. of cigars. That's where I was going with yeah. it. Like how, how is the, the internet and in, in e-commerce affecting you know, online, excuse me, uh, retail stores and, and locations and sales. Uh, it, it is a, I will say in most cases where I've encountered it, it's a pain point uh, because sometimes you run into deals and things that may drop below MSRP um, that affect the guys that I work for. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm brick and mortar uh, forward, you know, in, in, in everything that I do. I'm, I'm here to help those guys make money. So when you see a flash deal on something, I don't know if it I don't know if it benefits the overall culture of cigars. Uh, 
Now, how you get your money is how you get your money. Me personally, I I like the experience of going to a cigar shop, buying the cigar that I want if it's in stock, and sitting there and smoking it. And having a conversation with somebody that, you never yeah, met. Exactly. That like I enjoy that part of it. So I, I never bought cigars online. I'm not saying that that, that people shouldn't do it or should do it. I, that, I, that was just never my experience. I'm in agreement with that. Like, I've never purchased anything online, ever. I've never bought a cigar online. I'm like you. I enjoy the experience of walking into whatever shop or lounge it may be, walking into a humidor, thinking to myself, all right, am I trying something new today or am I going back to one of my old faithfuls? I'm I'm with you in regards to the experience of it. And then the fact that, like, as we're sitting here talking about it, I'm thinking about it. If I ordered something online, you know, the chain of custody, if you will, like, okay, what conditions is this being shipped in? You know, what, what did what did it go through to get to my front door? You right. know, that could affect the product. Right. You know, I'm used to a cigar tasting one way and I go buy it out of a humidor in a lounge versus me, you know, giving my information online and waiting time, X amount of period of time. Yeah, The only times that I have, it's been because a brick and mortar shop had an online store. And they had something that was exclusive to that shop. And that shop is in a different state. Um, I have purchased cigars that way. But like you said, I normally, I may trust Amazon to deliver my, the shirt or hat that I wanted to buy or a memory card that I wanted to buy or something like that because I got a better price. But with cigars, I'd rather be the one handling it, you know. It's more personal. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've actually never ordered any online. I have looked, um, and truthfully, I've I've considered it. You know, they're they're obviously better deals because they don't have to worry about electricity or all water bill, all the overhead, right? Um, but you, I think we all got into this on at, at some point and on some level because of the, of the relationship. Yeah, it's for me, it was a hand to hand thing. It yeah, was- and that's what it's about. And and you got to support you know, your local shop, shops, your stores, because uh, that's what keeps the doors open and allows you to come in and hang out, have a stick, you know, have a beverage or a libra- libation and, and really cool out. Smoking, I mean, smoking a cigar in a lounge is, it, to me, it's still one of the coolest things to do, you know? Uh, and everyone smokes for different reasons. Maybe helps them relax, wind down their day, take their minds off things, but there's nothing like being in a room with perfect strangers and having a conversation from people that you probably don't have more than one or two things in common with. You probably have more uh, unincommon with them than you do in common. So I, that's something that I, I still get a kick out of just as a cigar fan, not necessarily, you know, working in the industry. It's just, it's just one of the coolest things to do. I love spending my time doing it. So being a, a territory manager for Drew Estate, and you correct me if I'm wrong, headquarters for Drew Estate is in Miami? Yeah. So our, our corporate headquarters in Miami, our factories are in Esteli, Nicaragua. So when you get the email and or phone call from, from the big wigs and they say, hey, everybody come to headquarters or something. Oh, I wh- love it, man. What, what, what are those days like? <laughs> those days are fun, but they're hectic, man. It's a lot of information. Um, it's one of the rare times we all get to kind of see each other. You know, because I'm in contact with with a lot of the TMs out there in different areas. Um, and it's one of those times where we're all together in the same roof and we get to see each other because we, we're it's like we're together, but we're largely on our own. You know, what I'm saying as a TM, you know, outside of the phone call, 
to my boss or some of my other teammates in my region, uh, you're kind of you're kind of on your own. You're on an island. And, and there's a lot of trust involved between headquarters and what we're doing out in the field. They rely on us a lot to to get it done. So it's fun whenever whenever it's like, hey, we've got to be in Miami. I'm like, cool. I can pack some shorts. No matter, no matter, the, no matter the month. So they call you guys in the headquarters in Miami. Do you guys just walk in the room and say, "Hey, here's a new batch of stuff we're gonna have putting out for you guys, uh, fired up"? Or how's that work? You know, there are there are sticks that are provided that we can smoke when we get together for meetings and stuff like that. Um, and it, and it's, how smoky is that room, man? Whoo! <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, I want to see. I've, I think I've seen everyone light up. That works in the office. Maybe, maybe not everyone in like in finance and accounting and stuff like that. I, I don't know, but it's it's a. Uh, I think a lot of people that work for Drew Estate actually enjoy the the cigar culture, which helps. You know, um, that always helps. What are some of your non Drew Estate favorites? Uh oh, <laughs> I had to ask. Yeah, yeah. And that was the question I wanted I to, had ask to ask too. Like, do you smoke? Other non-Drew Estate, you from know, time time, manufacturers do, or sticks. I do enjoy a cigar that that was not made from the company that cuts my checks. Um, I mean, it, but yeah, you know, they can't I, make all the cigars. Well, the thing I, is, I'm sure Jordan has a pair of Adidas somewhere stashed somewhere, away. Somewhere. <laughs> we'll yeah. we'll never see it, but yeah, no, I'm I'm uh, of course I'm Drew Estate for life, Drew Estate forward. But before my my position with them, I managed a shop, so I could smoke whatever I wanted. So yeah, I'm fan. I'm a fan of uh, some of the stuff from Crown Heads, uh, Roma Craft. I've smoked Padrone, uh, Davidoff, um, Warped is 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 a brand that uh, I enjoy their cigars from time to time. Never heard of Warped. Yeah, Warped. Uh, Who makes those? This guy named Kyle. It's out of Jupiter, Florida. Uh, he he makes some really good stuff. You know, in a very I kind of like the guys that have a new outlook on old traditional blends. Um, and I would put all of those guys that I named, they have, they do have a respect like Tatuaje, P Johnson, they have a respect for the old traditional Cuban style cigars, but they've added their own twists and they all have their own identity. So th- those brands outside of Drew Estate were probably the ones I go to. Can we make a suggestion to you, sir? Go for it. Um, we are fans of the the guys from Definition Cigars. I have had a Definition Cigar or two. The Prolific or and the three. Conception. Okay. Uh, I'm a fan of the Prolific. I have not had a chance to get the Conception yet. I haven't Cuff had speaks highly yet. of it, though. Conceptions, the Conception is a it's, it's amazing. Well, it's absolutely amazing. A, a smoke signal to the boys. Uh, you know, let me taste yeah, that something. The, the prolific, I believe, is the uh, yellow ribbon, and the conception is the I guess you call it maroon or wine. Yeah, it's like a maroon, like a maroon wine. I, wine's a good, yeah, wine. good name for it. Merlot, if you will. Oh. Um, and and the website, by the way, everybody is definitioncigars.com um, or on Instagram at definition cigars. I've seen those boys hit the streets, man. That they they're they're doing it right. They make they're, a really good product. Organic growth and a lot of people are supporting them which is a beautiful thing to see so much love to them so let's have some fun now right all right so anybody who follows you on instagram uh which state rayford i just said drew estate rayford actually that's a good good deal um 
we haven't had an opportunity for you to drop your your social media handles. So okay. let's do that. So if folks want to get in contact with you, our visionaries that are listening right now want to reach out to Ryan. How do they get a hold of you? Uh, I'm on Instagram. It's at Drew Estate Rayford. That's R A Y F O R D. Um, I'm on Facebook, Ryan Rayford. Facebook is a landfill of foolishness. So my posts on Facebook are never serious. They're usually rooted in sports and music only. I don't get political or religious or anything like that because people lose their minds. Things get lost in translation. So I keep it light on Facebook, but Instagram, Drew Estate Rayford. I post a lot of uh, a lot about the products and things I'm smoking, shops I'm going to, upcoming events. Uh, and then I also post my vinyl collection. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, like I was saying, anybody who sees your post on Instagram, you are a fan of vinyl and you are a fan of what, especially people in our age group, uh, and I would imagine our listeners as well, would consider the classics. Yeah. Uh, I've seen you post things from Prince to... Prince is my favorite artist of all time. Man, speak on it. And he is the GOAT. And I will, and I will, That is one thing I'm not above. I will argue anyone down. Thriller or off the wall? Off the wall. Why? And I made that transition last year, actually. I Why? was a big thriller guy. Um, off the wall, it plays more like an album start to finish, in my opinion. Whereas, let's see, off the wall is like the blueprint. Ah, okay. I like and that. I like thriller, that. Thriller is like Get Rich or Die Trying. That's a good way Thriller to put that. Is all singles, all smashes, all out. But there's really no continuity. It's just like they knew they had something, but yeah. they had to call it something. And Off the Wall to me is more a traditional R&B album. It's a body of work. It, yeah, and it's coming out of disco, and it's funky. And the production on it, I think, is a little bit more involved, whereas Thriller was made for you to, to dance, you know, dance more. How did you get into the classic music? Like, I mean, I'm assuming you were in a house full of the good stuff. Man, my dad, um, my dad has has a lot to do with my love for old music. Uh, and then my my grandmother, she played organ and piano at church, um, so there was always music playing. And my fondest memories of being in the backseat of my dad's Cadillac, watching him jam out to Temptations of Diana Ross, Marvin Gaye, Earth, Wind and Fire. My first concert was an Earth, Wind and Fire concert when I was in like elementary school. I was going to say, and how I, old were you? Uh, maybe nine or ten. I hear they put on a phenomenal oh, show. I've seen even Earth, Wind, and even Fire now. Times. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he was very different. Like when he went to college, he got into classic rock. So not only do I have a love for, I guess, what people will call black music. But I have a love for a lot of different music. Uh, Expand, I love, please. I love, I love the Beatles. I love the Doors. Led, Zepp- Led Zeppelin, to me, is the greatest rock band ever. Um, I love Carlos Santana. Um, just, I can go on and on. Like, you know, uh, Credence uh, Revival, uh, Eric Clapton, uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Who's the, better, who's the better guitar player, Prince or Eric Clapton? Prince. Prince or Stevie Ray? Prince. I asked him that because I saw a quote one time from Eric Clapton. Somebody uh, somebody asked him, because, you know, obviously he's a, a renowned guitar player as well. And somebody asked him, I said, what does it feel like to be the best guitar player in the world? He said, go ask Prince. This is true. Prince, 
Prince doesn't get thrown in that conversation. I remember years ago, I believe Rolling Stone put out like the number, it was like 100, the 100 greatest guitarists of all time. And it was either Prince wasn't on the list or Prince was like 50 something. And if you ask the guys in the top 10 who's the best, they probably say him. Now, the only person I would never say is anyone's better than would probably be Jimmy or Santana. I was going to say, gotta be, Jimmy's got to be in there somewhere. Jimmy is a different animal because he trendsetted. I think Prince is the best. One, he's the best emulator, and he takes it a step further. Prince will play your song better than you ever thought it could be played. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. I, there's, there's proof, you know. Um, so Prince doesn't get thrown in that conversation. But there are other guys like Eddie Hazel from Parliament Funkadelic. He never gets mentioned. Uh, uh, Ernie Isley, the youngest Isley. Oh, brother, man. He never gets mentioned. Shout out to the Isley brothers. So there's a lot of guys that have chops on, on the guitar, man. So that that's that's really my dad. My dad would listen to Santana end on end. Iron Butterfly, stuff like that. What's your favorite Prince song? Oh, Jesus. I had to, man. You opened the door. Oh, man. Favorite Prince song. Oh, that is such a loaded question. Um, I would say the most beautiful girl in the world. That's a classic. That 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 song is uh that's top tier right there. Now, do you play any instruments? Uh I play the piano. Self-taught or you took lessons? I took lessons, but mostly self-taught. Like I, I play by ear a little bit. I actually uh for a long time, and this is like in my spare spare time i'm very much into like music production as much as i love old music classic music i grew up on hip-hop and rap so i've i've made beat tapes before i'm very much like in i'm very much into hip-hop as well uh who are your your favorites right now and i ask this in a sense of because you've got the appreciation for for classic stuff who do you appreciate now in the rap game oh um, off top, I'd say Kendrick. Um, I think he's not made an album that sounds like the previous album. Which Absolutely. Is important to me, he takes risks that a lot of rappers on his level, as far as notoriety and mainstream commercialism, that don't take. They play it safe. Um, and then as an MC, he's just, he's very, very, he's like a one man outcast in a lot of ways. Um, That's so interesting. I, would, I definitely respect him. I like some of J. Cole's stuff. Um, I'm a big J. Cole fan. The biggest thing that I've been listening to is Griselda. Benny the Butcher, Conway the Machine, West Side Gun. So these three guys out of Buffalo. They're signed to Eminem. They've dropped together. They've probably dropped 10, 12 projects in the last two years. And if you like that grimy, boom bap, 90s New York hip hop, they no one's doing it better than them right now. I'm on a big kick right now, and you'll appreciate this being from Houston. I'm on a big kick right now. H time of Scarface. Ooh. I'm on a huge Scarface kick right now. I mean, I've, I've like he's like one of my top five, right? Like, uh, I feel like if you listen to Scarface, like he's got tenants in there, just how you conduct yourself as a man. Scarface is a top five MC of all time. Period. Right. Um, Fun on, fact: I've, I've actually produced. Unreleased song, but I've been in the studio with Face before. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm on a big Scarface kick right now. 
Um, my favorite lyricist of all time, and it's going, it's not shocking, but just, I just think word for word, just pound for pound, is Pusha T. Ooh. And Push. I like Push a lot. And the guy who I think, uh, the guy who I think is underappreciated mm-hmm. is DJ Quick. Oh, my God. I think he's underappreciated. DJ Quick's one of the best producers of all time. And my favorite guy who I think probably, my two favorite people who I think just scare people because they're just so out of left field, like they don't conform to anybody, is uh, Killer Mike and Freddie Gibbs. I love Freddie Gibbs. Palm Olive with Push is ridiculous. Cuff, I'll let you listen to it when we get done. I'm so glad you said that. Oh, my gosh. Palm Olive was the best rap song to come out last year. Absolutely. Hands down. And they just released the instrumental. So I, I'll, I'll listen to Palm Olive on loop. Yeah. Palm, on repeat. That, Palm, Palm Olive, I was like, okay. Like, I knew about Freddie Gibbs. When I heard Palm Olive, I was like, okay, I'm officially a fan. Yeah, shout right, out to Mad Lib. Yeah. Mad Lib is really yeah. a legend. So, yeah, right now it's Scarface, Freddie Gibbs, Killer Mike. I said DJ Quick is is underappreciated. And, um, and as far as, like, the best albums, I think, on, on a good run lately has been Crit and Game. Oh, yeah, Crit. I love Big Crit. He, he's like high-class soul food. Crit doesn't make bad projects. Not at all. Like, Not from start, all. from where he started from, was a little life on the underground, I believe, all the way up to the one he just, the one he just put out. I mean, he is... You can you can go through his catalog, start from the beginning, and you, you won't want to skip over anything. So, you, you grew up in Houston, and obviously with Screw Music oh, coming yeah. out. How, how big a fan of, of Screw are you? I love... I love uh, screwed up click, man. I that that reminds me of middle school, high school. All so day. It, it always takes me back. And periodically, I might post on my story like I'll be riding around the screw still. Like, um, but it it was a sound that was Houston's own. The game changer, though. Big game changer. Um, and I believe there's gonna be a uh, there's gonna be a live TV series. Around so screw that- I saw, and I don't know if if this project was real or not. Did I send it to you? He texted me about okay. that one day. I can I can see the, your excitement in the oh text. Oh my god! Listen, they, they, there's supposed to be a movie coming out. Yeah, making a movie. Yeah, about it's it. like, yeah, I think it's a movie about. Is it? Is it real? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's real. a real project. Because remember, they did that last year or maybe the year before with uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and it was just no nah, project. I, that believe, people were I don't doing. know if it's a movie. I think it's like a, a series. It's going to be episodic, so it's going to detail hit him as a kid growing up, and then. The screw movement. When Yo, I'm all over that. I'm all over that. Yeah, man. There's the original screw house was not far from most city, not far from where I grew up. And you could ride to his house and stand outside to get a tape made. And then his house moved. And then later on is when Swisher House started. And I think that's I think that's probably one of the more popular runs of Houston rap. That, Absolutely. That more people know about you know your Paul Walls, your Mike Jones, Slim. Um, yeah, but they, I would say they kind of took Screw's blueprint and expanded upon it, and kind of, you know, amplified it, if you will. So it's, we got to get ready to land the plane, right? So right. Um, as we start the dismount, we ask everybody who comes on the show these these last couple of questions. Okay. Um, it's you and a round table, just like the one we're sitting at, and there's five other seats. Who are those five other people? And you can't say Jesus. That's the one caveat. <laughs> who, who would want to talk to him? All right. Um, Prince. Stay on brand. Um, <laughs> um, Malcolm X. Uh, 
Marvin Gaye. Um, would want to talk to. It's three. I'd want to talk to Obama. I'm sure he would smoke a cigar. I don't think I don't know if he would ever. I think he'd Has smoke, he ever with smoke you. a cigar. Like he used to like smoke cigarettes. Okay. I guarantee you, President Obama will smoke a cigar. Yeah. I try to get him to light up. Um, who else? What would you give him? Liga Provider. Yeah, got to give him the best. Mm-hmm. Um, One more. And you know what? I'm gonna go out on a limb. Trump. <laughs> That'd be an interesting table. It would be an interesting table. <laughs> So you, you've done a lot. You've seen a lot. Um, you know, we certainly appreciate you you coming onto the Vision Lab podcast. I appreciate so you guys. Know that you are super busy. So this is a real treat for for us and and hopefully our visionaries that are listening in the cigar community as a whole. Um, as we land this plan, I want to say thank you again. Um, what is the long term vision for Ryan Rayford? Oh man, long term, I, I really want to see. Um, where I can go with Drew Estate, I really believe. I mean, I know some people might say I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, but I might be, whatever. I, I love it. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a great company to work for, great brand to get behind. Um, I believe in what I'm doing. Uh, but I, I really want to kind of leave an imprint in the cigar industry some way, somehow, whatever that looks like, um, whether it's from a brand marketing standpoint, maybe it's from a st- sales standpoint, Um I just I want to be more well known, and I'm not a fame person per se, but I just want to I want to be able to say I did something, you know, that that hadn't been done in the cigar industry. And this is a little off topic. I know we're doing the dismount here, but I've got to ask this: Are is is Drew Estate hiring? Are they Are looking they for any more territory managers, any more sales uh, reps? Territory managers currently, I would say no, but I will say that they're always looking for talent. Can you drop your email? Casey, want to reach out to you? Uh, or, or hit him, hit, send hit you a DM. Me, hit me in a DM. You know, hit send me yeah. a DM. Yeah. We can, we can send him a DM. Okay, cool, yeah. cool. All right, final question on the podcast. Um, what would Ryan Rayford today, what advice would he be giving himself from five years ago? From five years ago, uh, I would have told him to leave wireless and go work at a cigar shop. Maybe even 10 years ago, I would have told him that. Now, let's move the, the clock forward. We're going to make you five years older. Okay. okay? What would the, I still get to keep my looks, right? You can still Absolutely. keep your looks. Okay, cool. What would the older version of Ryan Rayford, what advice would he be giving you today? Um, stay humble. Uh, stay, stay consistent. And... Uh, Continue to be open, man. Me me moving outside of my comfort zone was a big deal. So uh, it's opened up, up a lot of doors. So continue doing that. Absolutely love that. Ladies and gentlemen, the voice you've been listening to is Ryan Rayford of Drew Estate Cigars. I am Ryan Mosley. He is Ryan Cuffey. And we thank you for listening to another episode of the Vision Lab podcast. We'll see you next week. Blessings. <laughs>